Welcome to The Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Robeck. Each week on our show, we invite a special guest to share their knowledge on health, wellness, and better daily habits so you can have the life you deserve. Let's get started. My name is Dr. Sean Robeck. And I'm Dr. Sam Wagg. And on today's show, we had Kyle Brown, who's a celebrity trainer, and he shared with us many of the tips that he uses with his clients to make lifelong change. My biggest takeaway was being fueled by enthusiasm instead of relying on willpower to get the job done. And towards the end of the show, we talk about taking off that mask and really enjoying that ride. So Kyle, welcome to the show. Kyle, super happy to have you on the show. Um, you wear a man that wears many different hats, uh, much like ourselves. Call yourself the um, a wellness sage. What does that mean to you? Uh, well, I think uh, in this health, fitness, wellness space, uh, we preach holism. Uh, yet most people just read a book versus really dive deep into it and they compartmentalize. And when you compartmentalize, you miss the big picture. Uh, nothing really works in compartments and you can't be in two places at one time. So when you really look at total wellness, I think uh, you'll get a nice multifaceted view. And the sage part is when you learn not to take it all too seriously and you have a lot of fun with it through a lot of wisdom, through experience, uh, it's, it's just a whole nother way of looking at it. Yeah, it's really well said um, in the sense of having fun. That's something, you know, we preach. It's really important. If you're not enjoying this process, making your body better, it's like, what else could you be doing that make you happy? That's great. Absolutely. I think most people, uh, they forget their why they're doing what they're doing as they're going through the process. And they view transformation like a colonoscopy. <laughs> and uh, I still haven't scheduled mine because it doesn't sound that fun. So Sounds good shitty. luck getting you to show up to the gym three times a week if you view it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's a, not exactly the way we want to clean out our system. There's some other no. ways to do that. Would you, uh, are you comfortable, uh, this is a little on the spot, by sharing like your why and what um, kind of motivates you? There's nothing in life I'm not comfortable with at this stage. Yeah, uh, test it. Second, second you have kids, I think you you become very uncomfortable uh, or very comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, it starts with marriage where you hold your wife's purse and then it moves into and then it moves into getting thrown up on by kids. Then all of a sudden you become comfortable with everything. So uh, I, I adding to that, I think why starts kicking in the second you have kids, you look over at your kids, you're like, Oh, there you go. I don't need to be on some journey. You don't need to do any plant medicine. I've got it really clear here. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's tangible. It's screaming. It's yelling. It's clanging. It's breathing. <laughs> your your why kicks stop. in there. Uh, I think for me, my why is totally about uh, happiness. I set my core values around a concept that I heard one day that blew my mind which is that the average child laughs 400 times a day. And you guys know how many times the average adult laughs? I go like five. It's four. You're very close. Wow, damn. Jesus. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is the point? Right. And so many people, I think that happens because uh, they live for the future, uh, albeit an afterlife or when I, then I, you know, when I get rich, when I get fit, when I get something, then I'll yeah. be happy then I'll actually laugh, then I'll enjoy myself. Uh, I was one of those guys, had uh, had a massive near-death experience, realized I was a 
workaholic, almost died from the whole uh, Japanese term Kuroshi, where you work yourself to death and, uh, and realized, wow, <laughs> I'm doing this whole thing wrong. Yeah. Flipped it around and now I would say almost every day is vacation and fun for me. That's amazing to hear. Um, you know, if, uh, when you say that, that kind of blew my mind about the 400 days uh, or 400 laughs per day as a child and then dropping it down to four, uh, I can relate to that. You know, I think we all really try to get, we try to do so well for our companies and for our clients that you forget the, why we're on earth. And, uh, I think taking it, taking this away, it's hits home for a lot of the listeners. Uh, when the, I think your, your job, you've worked with a lot of celebrities and athletes. Um, but they may come to you and tell you, this is why I want to do this. However, you may have a different approach. You might say, I can hear what you're saying, but it goes deeper than that. Are you able to peel back that onion and get to their real why of why they want to go through transformation? Always, always. And I think it's because, uh, back to the little kid thing, little kids say the word why so many times when you give them an answer until most times you get to, because I said so. <laughs> yeah. Google said it. <laughs> and if you think about transformation, so much transformation, the why that they have is not the surface why that brings them in the door. Uh, I always say when it comes to, you know, marketing and branding positioning is you tell them a little bit about what they want to hear. You get them in the door, you shut it, you lock it and tell them what they need. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that really does apply to getting to your why uh, is just peel back those layers of the onion. I want to lose weight. Why? (laughs) And you get down to it. And so much of it is they, they want to be comfortable in their own sin. They want to love themselves. They want, they want to feel happy and validated. Uh, they, They want to enjoy the ride. And when you push it back down to that core lesson and core value, it just makes it a much more enjoyable process. And then the follow-up to that is, do you want to be miserable in the process or do you want to enjoy the ride uh, of this transformation journey so that the results are sustainable and that you, you, you feel like you've fallen in love with the process and it just becomes a part of who you are. And to me, I like the plan B on that one. Yeah. Is there, um, there's something, maybe a tip that you have to help our listeners navigate from that if then mentality, you know, or uh, if when, whatever it is of once I have this, then I'll be happy and kind of recentering back to like a living in the moment or to having that appreciation. Great, great question. So it's all to me about the fuel system. I tell people uh, when people talk about fuel, they think, uh, you know, once they get past their car, they think from a nutritionist's point of view, which is the food you put in your body. But at a core energy level, I tell people the goal uh, is that to flip everything on its head. They think that this is a willpower journey. And I tell them instead, you want to be fueled by enthusiasm and turbocharged with willpower. Enthusiasm comes from the Greek enthusiasmos, which means with spirit. You're connected, you're with source. You've got, you've got that on your side mm-hmm. and you're excited about the process. Again, bring it to a little kid. When everyone sees a little kid excited about something, they stop whatever it is they're doing. No matter who you are, if you hate kids or not, you see a little <laughs> kid come up to you. I'm so excited. I'm just ready to do this. There's like, whoa, that's amazing. Right. And if you come up and you see somebody like a Steve Jobs giving a speech with enthusiasm and passion, everybody is captivated. They aren't looking at their cell phones. So When people can go about any form of transformation journey fueled by enthusiasm, 
it becomes easy flow. When they look at it as a willpower journey, you're, you're, you're going to burn out yeah. quick. So instead you fuel by that enthusiasm and you turbocharge when it's needed with that willpower, kind of like a nitrous tank on a, you know, world-class car. Yeah. We love some fast and furious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> almost like kind of spend that time in your life to find what can pull you instead of every week, find a new thing to push you and trying to take in those, like a new habit all, all together. Right. We, uh, we feel like the weight of our world is on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just look at all this stuff through a point of pressure and pressure and pressure and pressure. You're sitting in this pressure cooker with your business and your life or your kids or anything that you've got going on. And then you're like, oh, I've got to add this on top of it. And that style is so overwhelming. Uh, you're you're going to burn out. Totally. Yeah. Um, Oh, pre- you know, pressure and fear, right? There's this level of, the, if we're talking about children, I was hiking in Sedona last weekend and uh, I had my shirt off and this, um, this little six-year-old came running up on the trail. Like, daddy, there, there's a naked man right there. And he's like, but he wanted to come talk to me because it was like, I was a little bit different because other people had their shirt on and he was super excited and enthusiastic about learning about something that was a bit different and not fearful of approaching. And when you walk by most people on a trail, you can barely get a hello or eye contact. And I think that, you know, what we do, and it goes back to that 400 laughs a day compared to four as an adult is that we get into this mode of where's this childlike behavior of exploration, enthusiasm, and creativity. And I think that people like you and the coaching that you do brings it out in people. Yes. We, uh, we lose our curiosity along the way for some reason. And this, uh, this brain driven logic that kicks in that just completely smokes the whole point of the journey. Uh, we think that our brain is the master dictator for everything and we don't realize it's actually our heart. Our brain is there for a very good purpose, right? Don't play Pokemon go by a, uh, train a train track or, or walking off a Torrey Pines Hill. I get that. That's cool. That makes sense. But we've created an ecosystem where we're pretty darn safe in general right now. So like making your decisions with your emotions and then justifying them with the ration of the brain is great, but letting your brain dictate your, you know, behaviors on a, on a pros and cons list, uh, not that that's not a fun ride that's not what you want said at your uh you know at your eulogy and at your you know what he did a lot of pros and cons list he was the king of pie charts it's like he was always doing the right thing but like exactly. uh, never had a smile on his face played it safe yeah. way to go <laughs> i feel like um since we're talking about kind of that mindset aspect and i feel like this is going to be a mindset answer but you've had an ability to work with a lot of different people in you know a lot of different professions what common threads have you seen in the people that are really successful and like really adhere to training, really adhere to making that change? Oh, they get to the idea of being excited for life. And it's not just, you know, there's a lot of different things like victim mentality versus hero mentality. Uh, But I think one of the biggest thing is, is really just, incredible self-love mm-hmm. and sometimes that self-love can look on the outside as delusional. Uh, I'll, gi- I'll give you an example. Look at uh, a top rapper 
for example, that, you know, you say, you're like the five people you surround yourself with. Well, who are the five people they're surrounded with right. when they're starting? Pretty, pretty rough situation most, in most cases. They can see the forest through the trees, even if the forest is on fire. And that's amazing. So they set these goals and these dreams and these visions that sound like a little kid in his first grade book of, I want to be an astronaut. And mm-hmm. right, they set these things. I'm going to be a rapper and everybody's going to know my names and my songs and do my dance. And they don't let go of it. And they create this, uh, this sense of internal delusion that is completely the opposite of what everybody sees on the outside um, or, or thinks is logical and practical on the outside. And they just, they don't listen to anybody else. They just keep going until they get there. And I find that in so many different uh, ways of pioneers of people who are just willing to think outside the box and uh, think completely irrationally. Yeah. So it sounds like they're already walking kind of that path of purpose. So you're helping them realize it, but the ones that are really successful realize that it is, it's exactly that uh, kind of what we're saying about kids. It's like, be a kid again, where you have that weak phase of like, I'm a superhero to I'm a ninja to I'm a firefighter. It's like, be what you want to be. And parents and the system wants to like chop that dream down and say, think practically, you know, look at the percentage of people who make it to the NBA and then look at the percentage of them that go broke. Like way to, way to chop down everybody's dreams. And I understand you're trying to help them, but man, it's, it's just, it's not the way to do it. Like if somebody says, Hey, I want to be the next Steve jobs. Great. Let them roll with it. Um, man, it was, that's funny. I remember my father, when I wanted to go to medical school or, or chiropractic school, he was being very protective and, and supportive in his own way. But he was like, I really think you should fall into a trade. There's a lot of, um, you know, there's uh, what's the term comfort. And, um, uh, and I think it was comfort for him knowing that I'd be okay. And not, instead of going down this other path and obviously I chose a different path and I'm very thankful for it, but it's like you, you get, you have those people in your world that want to protect you, but at the same time, it's stifling your own creativity and your future existence. It's truly amazing. The people that care about us the most hold us back the most unintentionally. My parents are a perfect example of that. My mom's always like, you know, have fun, be careful, make sure you wear your helmet. I think she said that no matter what it is I'm doing in life. Mm -hmm. And and her intention is so good. But uh, I tested this theory once. I wrote an article uh, for uh, Men's Health. And I said, all right, I'm going to send this to my fa- friends and family group. And half of it, I said, hey, uh, you know, I wrote this article uh, for a magazine. What do you think? The other half, I said, I read this article in a magazine. What do you think? That was the only difference. The half that he said, I wrote it came back with grammar, spelling checks, some concepts like that. The other half was like, that's really fascinating. And they're debating back and forth. And it's, it's, these are the people you care about the most and who support you the most in theory, but they're just, there's an underlining fear worry. They serve as an external mind for you, right? Uh, which mind can be an amazing thing. It can also be a terrible thing to have. Kyle, do you mind, can you take us uh, on a journey as a new client of yours and what they would experience and, and, what your path is with them? Yes. Uh, so I look at all the bodies, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, energetic. And typically um, the journeys that I go through with people are really customized. Where I spend the most time in the beginning is on visualization. I can spend a good hour with somebody 
on visualization before we get into anything else. So we really sit down and we get crystal clear on what it is we want the same way I would on a world-class athlete so they can feel it, sense it, taste it, smell it, and see themselves at that uh, at that level. I'm not going to say finish line, but just like at that level of living optimal life. And then once they really see it, uh, many times uh, emotions will pop up that are, you know, some form of limiting beliefs. I'll do some form of uh, either energy work or emotional freedom techniques to get rid of any blocks of being able to see it. And then once they can see it, I'll reverse engineer. And the biggest thing that I do that's a little rare in this industry is I, I would say I have a gift for meeting people where they're at. So I'll say, okay, you know what, this may be world-class athlete level, but that's not practical for you. So I'll have the compassion and empathy for where they're at. And if we can meet them where they're at, this may be a level where they're like, this is beautiful and practical and I can do this. And we'll reverse engineer it in a way where they can still enjoy life, right? I don't need to put them on where I was at 21, you know, George Foreman grill <laughs> and steamed broccoli and no girlfriend. The guy can't go to a restaurant or a bar. So I lived in the city of Chicago, couldn't take him out anywhere. And I was getting stood up on dates. You wonder why. <laughs> so I reverse engineer it for a way that's practical where they can actually enjoy their quality of life. So that's, that's the typical journey where it starts. Thank you. Yeah. Very in alignment with us in a different way of like unearthing that why is a huge part of the first visit with a client and truly trying to align where they want to be with what we can do. Um, we like to share definitely with our client or preach the changes that we make through habits. What habits for you in your life have made the biggest changes when it comes to health? Um, I mean, you said you're kind of workaholic before what has pivoted that to where you're at now? Uh, first off, I think everything is habits. Uh, so I'm fully in alignment with that. Every single thing we do is a habit. And it's like driving stick versus driving automatic. So I'm fully with you with that. Once you can get to the point of driving these habits so that they're automatic, it's the easiest thing in the world, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's the first side of it. So the first biggest piece for me that changed everything was stand-up comedy lessons. Everything. Because when you learn to stop taking life so seriously, oh, and get into observational humor and kind of laugh at yourself along the way, it takes the pressure off. It's just like that, uh, you know, (laughs) it's just like that, uh, that ninja where you turn it off and all the steam comes out and you're just like, ah, unbelievable. So, you know, I tried everything. I was having panic attacks as this workaholic with all this pressure, the dad and kids and all this stuff. I'd wake up and I'd be this invincible guy all day long. But when, you know, you're in theta state, when you're first waking up, um, your, your guard's down, you're your most vulnerable. So I would wake up into panic attacks. So I started with transcendental meditation, which I still do lots of forms of meditation, including TM. And uh, that was helping calm the mind. But then I said, all right, since I'm speaking to teenagers, uh, I need to be able to capture their attention. I had a contract at Disney World. So I took, went to stand-up comedy university and I learned how do I take all these different things and incorporate in observational humor. And along that journey, um, that front that I had, that mask I had to 
have to do things in a way that um, I'd be perceived a certain way. I just let go. And it just took all that pressure off of the most beautiful habit I have. So I actually watch comedy almost every single day, at least for little quick breaks, mm -hmm. because again, it's just the most ultimate pressure cooker reliever. Uh, then the other habit that I would say in a typical day that most people can do that is so simple and so beneficial would be walking meditations. Because a lot of people really struggle with meditation, mm -hmm. sitting down in quiet for 20 minutes is really hard for people. So if you can focus on net time, no extra time, combining things together, hey, I'm going to go take my dogs for a walk and just not call my friends, not listen to music, but literally walk, so observe. quiet my thoughts and get the vitamin D <laughs> and get all the other health benefits all in one. That, that nature walk is a game changer. Is that something you schedule in your days, like constant walks or minimum, like minimum breaks? of an hour a day? Okay. Minimum, minimum of an hour. hour. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm out there. It just became such a huge priority for me living in San Diego. It was Torrey Pines hiking up there in the quiet when there's nobody else there and you're there before the park opens. Uh, and then here I do nature walks literally every day, um, no matter how busy I am. Can you share a bit of a, a kind of the framework of your routine in a day? So the listeners get a sense of what that's like for you. Yes. Uh, so I have a lot of tools in my toolbox, but I'll also throw in there a quick pressure reliever for all the listeners. If you did every single one of the morning rituals <laughs> that a typical guru recommends, you would start at 4 a.m. and you'd finish <laughs> at 6 p.m. and you'd be done with your morning rituals. It'd be time to go to bed. Yep. So you need to find the ones that work for you. Uh, and roll with them. My typical uh, layout is, again, I've got two kids and I've got two dogs under two, although it's one of their birthdays too today. So you got to get a lot in in a very short amount of time. So I get up before the rest of the world does. Those are my sacred hours is can I get up super early? So I'm typically up at four and my morning uh, rituals are, I've got lemon water with apple cider vinegar that I'm drinking with my you know morning coffee uh, as well. I'll typically get in uh, meditation first thing in the morning when everything is quiet, uh, do some Reiki. I'll go and do a morning workout. I'll go sit in the infrared sauna, which I got in my house and uh, <laughs> which we had our last meeting yeah. in. It was <laughs> <That's> awesome. <great>. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and kind of go through that process. And I'll, I'll, my, my goal is just simply this. It's win the day first. If I can put on my own oxygen mask, for that day mm -hmm. uh, before I actually start my work day or check my emails or respond to everybody else's needs, then it's like whatever goes wrong, I have that force field. Uh, and for me, the, the real key ingredients within my whole morning ritual are one, making sure I'm going to a higher place through meditation, separating myself from my body. And then two, lifting weights to me is a very spiritual thing. It's the most grounding thing somebody can do. So get really grounded through resistance training is, uh, is imperative most days. Yeah. Kyle, I wanted to ask you a question. You know, we talked about visualization with your new clients. You take them down this path. They're looking into what, what life really should, what they, what it really looks like, not on the superficial perspective. Uh, we run into, we run, we run into uh, clients that oftentimes hold on to their problem or hold on to their injury or their diseased state where they'll, they'll say words like 
my lower back pain or my, I own it. Or mm-hmm. I just had a patient recently that had meningitis and you know, she's lucky to be alive, but she talks about her meningitis a lot and she owns that experience and she owns the consequences of which that she, when she suffered with meningitis. And so how are you able to break those, that those bonds of like owning a problem and not letting it go? The first step is awareness. As quick as you can build a no like trust rapport with the person you're working with so that they can feel that they have a safe, energetic container and feel that their voice can be heard. I'll let them tell their story. Sometimes their story could take an hour or two where they'll start at birth, right? I had a life coach literally start from day one, take two hours before we even got into any form of why you even here. Um, but he, he wanted to be heard. He wanted to be able to tell a story. And he understands that that's where the story begins. It doesn't begin at the back pain. It really begins from when you start all the way on, if not past generational. So uh, to me, the biggest thing is once you've gotten that form of rapport with them is asking them, uh, how is your relationship with your problem serving you? Really simply, how is it serving you to have that relationship with your problem? And then if it's not serving you, do you want to let it go? I do that in every single emotional freedom you know, techniques, every tapping situation. And somebody's just like, what are you feeling? I'm pissed off. Mm-hmm. Is it serving you? Yeah. How's that working? No. Do you want to let it go? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, the first thing is you're not broken. What? <laughs> you're not a disease. What? <laughs> it's not like your third arm that you grew called, you know, cancer. <laughs> it's uh it's it's a dis-ease state do you want to get rid of the dis part and feel mm-hmm. ease right i had a, i had a client this morning i was walking and she was talking like maybe i have high blood pressure and then i just backed up and i was just like well that's just the symptom i'm like who cares i said the problem isn't the high blood pressure the problem is what habits do you have in place right now that you're serving you versus ones you have in place that aren't serving you that could maybe lead to you having a feeling or experience that leads to some doctor in the sickness industry saying you have high blood pressure, right? High blood pressure isn't a pill deficiency. So I would say like, it's typically a case of you don't love yourself deficiency. And uh, yeah, you can quote me on that. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're finding, looking for love in all the wrong places, like the cheesy 80s song, if you're looking for it in the pantry or you're looking for it from like so much stress or you're looking for it by yelling at your, the people who care the most about you. Yeah, you're going to have high blood pressure, but doesn't mean you're deficient in a blood pressure pill. Right. So people don't like to look at it that way, but I always just like to look at it through the lens of what the heck's going on or, or back to that same first question. Why, 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 why? So Kyle, I'm going to get questions from our listeners. You mentioned that you had a near death experience that has changed your perspective on life. Are you comfortable sharing what that was? Comfortable sharing everything. Yeah. Uh, so January, 2019, um, I was that guy who everyone identified by his physique. I was, you know, former bodybuilder, 5% fat year round. Everyone's like, Oh, you're shredded. How can I look like you? And people wouldn't get past the exterior. And I also then was really into natural health. So I was never sick. Uh, little did I know the, the stress, the, uh, the workaholism was eating away at me. So, uh, January 2nd, 2019, I'm sitting out for a walk with a client and all of a sudden, you know, I ended up having a temp and my temp was like, 
102, 103, 104. And it was like 14 days of me being sick. And I'm sitting here during this time and I was like, well, you know, I'm trained in all this, you know, NLP, all this mindset training, mental toughness training, mind over matter. I'm fine. Let's go. And I just kind of kept going, kept going, kept going. And all of a sudden I've got a lot of family members who are doctors and I FaceTime a few of them. And they're like, you know, you should just go in for a chest x-ray. So I go in for a chest x-ray and I'm sitting there in the x-ray room and all of a sudden they hit a button and call code septic. Basically my organs were shutting down. I had severe double pneumonia on both sides and uh, they put me in two liters of fluid and ever trying every antibiotic in the book. And I was fighting for my life and it was almost, well, not almost, it was out of body. It's like, who's that uh, code septic for? Oh, you. <laughs> and uh, so I'm in, you know, emergency room and ICU. And I ended up, uh, as I was in the critical care unit, I said, okay, all this spiritual stuff I've been digging into all these years, all of this, uh, all of this studying of, of mindset and affirmations and everything, let's put this stuff to the test. And the first thing I did is I said, okay, I'm not a sick person. That's the first thing. That's not, I'm, that's not me. What am I? So I'm literally got up and I did a, like a body weight squat and I looked like a baby giraffe. <laughs> and then I said, I'm getting out of here. I don't want to be in this place with all these sick people. And so I got up to the point that I could walk and I'm walking around and I looked like a terrorist, unshaven, all gross. And I'm sitting there probably, you know, no deodorant. It was bad. But I'm walking around the nursing stations on the top of my lungs saying affirmations every day in every way. I'm getting stronger and stronger. <laughs> and they're like, do we need to give this guy some meds or something? But I'm just like, F it. And I'm walking around saying these affirmations. And uh, long story short, cardiologist comes in and and she's like, uh, no, the uh, uh, the lung doctor comes in. Can't remember exactly what that's called, but she comes in, tests me, and she's like, you know, this is amazing. We're getting you out of critical care, but you'll probably be here for most of the rest of the month. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm going home today. And she said, okay, I'll come back at one. About three hours later, so I watched a funny movie. I laughed my head off, sitting there all sick, and then I did it again. And I'm sitting there. And she sees me and I'm speed walking by her saying these affirmations. And she's just like, this guy's nuts. She came back in, she tested me and she let me go home that day. And I slept for about a month. And during that time, I had to have this crazy experience of uh, learning from a metaphysical level. You are not your body. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. And I had to learn it, not just through some book or some lecture. I had to learn it by a total disassociation from my body where I had, you know, everything that was my identity of health and fitness was challenged uh, and went through just an incredible experience from it. It was just uh, amazing. And uh, it gives you a whole new appreciation for what really matters. And it's one of those moments where you get that question uh, put in front of you. It was like, do you want to be here? And if so, what are you going to do about it? That's going to add value to this interconnected web of, of humanity. Uh, like we can leave at any time. <laughs> like this, this isn't a prison sentence. So what are you going to do while you're here? That's very well said. That's a, that's quite the experience. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty wild. And especially you guys know, as well as I do, January is the month for fitness. So it wasn't really fun <laughs> on the business when you can't even get out of bed for a month. So uh, it is what it is. I bet when she saw you walking around that second time, she's like, we're actually sending you home. Like you're crazy. <laughs> we're going to relocate we're your ass. You, you, you created an uprising where all these six people are going to want to go home. So that's not good on our, our it's not bottom good for line. business, man. <laughs> we're going to send you home. <laughs> 
Kyle, I do want to add before we end the show, I want to ask two more questions and Sam may have another one as well. The, uh, for one, and I do want to get into your, your meal replacement business. Uh, the, where, what's your purpose moving forward in life? Oh, you know, um, I know on a higher level that I am here definitely for, uh, helping people with the integration of the divine masculine and divine feminine. And really, um, you know, if you look at a little kid, they have nice harmony between it. They aren't like, this is boy, this is girl. They're, they're like, you know, I'm, I'm happy and, and I, and, and I love stuff. So really helping people being okay with the expression of emotion, for example. Uh, so I definitely think I've got a, I've got a big role here where, where it's okay to like drop that mask and feel whole worthy, complete, and not like you have something broken in you. So if I impact one or I impact a million, either way, it's all interconnected. So it's a, it's a good thing. So that's, that to me is a big part of the core essence. And then I think another big part of my purpose here is to, uh, continue to learn that, uh, we can experience heaven on earth, that this isn't a training ground or a torture chamber or anything like that, that it's okay to get what you want now, um, in a non-selfish way, in an interconnected way. And to like, truly be a good human. Um, and that's not just by doing right. Like I know a lot of people who do yoga who are (laughs) a-holes. So it's like, it's not a doing thing. It's a being thing. Like truly get to be a good, happy, amazing human. And, uh, that's, that's what I strive for each day. That's great. Thank you for that. Uh, and as far as your meal replacement company, what's the name of it? Uh, so, uh, our shake is called fit 365, which is really, you know, taking care of yourself year round. We launched that out in 2005 and, uh, really excited a lot of the fun new stuff going on. And one thing that's pretty unique about it is in this journey is like back to that initial question is like, do you want this thing to be miserable or do you want to enjoy the process? So when we first started half of our group that we did, uh, taste tests with, were adults. The other half were kids. The thing about uh, bias with adults, especially your friends, is they want to see you succeed. So they're going to convince you that something tastes amazing, <laughs> uh, regardless, uh, because they're like they don't want to be the guy at the party's like, hey, you know, you're not a good cook. But kids will lie about everything except for taste. <laughs> so <laughs> kid doesn't like the taste of something. They're going to spit it out and say it's gross. So that's why we'd used, uh, you know, one of our little side comments was that it's, uh, you know, kid taste tested, world-class athlete approved. Uh, we've got some really cool athletes who've used this. Uh, probably my favorite athlete story using our stuff is one of my childhood heroes growing up in Chicago was Willie Galt, Speedy Willie Galt, who was, you know, one of the fastest men at the time. And he's now the world's fastest man for 55 up. And he was for 35 to 40 in those, those groups. So it's uh, amazing to get to fuel one of your heroes as a kid. So it's been a lot of fun. It's really cool. Um, what I was going to say is just a kind of a quick summary. My big takeaways were appreciate life and be a kid. Um, what would you like to add to that as we kind of wrap things up here? Or is there anything you want to add to that? Uh, I'll give you guys a visual of that for everybody who's looking and seeing the video today uh, is I've got these fun little baby Buddhas, uh, which, which again, that's really about finding, finding the God within yourself versus 
Buddhism, the religion. And these little guys I saw were, were a great little visual for it. And this is the hear no evil, the little baby with a little smile on his face. The see no evil <laughs> with a little baby. And the speak no evil with a little baby in the face. And I think what I would like to, like to add is if you want to take one big thing out of uh, listening today is uh, just enjoy the ride. You're going to be sitting back at the end of your day, sitting on, on your deathbed, if you have a deathbed, or sitting there at the moment, and you're going to be like, man, thank God I stressed. Thank God I worried about everything. Thank God I was so frustrated over my finances. Thank God I counted every calorie and macro. Thank God I had these clipboards with every little you know number to my workouts. Like, Pull back one layer and watch this process and realize that no matter what, if you're having fun and enjoying the ride, the rest is going to fall really nicely into place. It's a great place uh, to end it, Kyle. Can you uh, share with our listeners where they can find you? Um, I'm not going to need my home address because I don't trust everybody <laughs> yet, but <laughs> the best way to follow me through social media is just go to at uh, fit Kyle Brown and website. You can get in touch with me through fitkylebrown.com. Thank you so much for coming on today. It was a joy to really uh, hear the inner workings of how you interact with clients and um, you know your passion and what your purpose is. That's very well said and exciting to know there's other people here helping out and making big impacts. Yeah, that was this incredible. It was an absolute blast. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, I'm all about collaborate, don't compete. And it's great to see you guys out there really preaching and practicing and living all this stuff. So uh, grateful for having me today. Thank you. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you so much, Kyle. Take care. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our show. If you did, please like and subscribe to stay tuned. See you next week on another episode of The Fix Podcast.